three, two, one. Another month of football is in the books, and for NFL teams, players, and fans like myself, we're all entering the halfway point of the 2019 season. Yet, in October, there were a lot of themes that dominated the NFL. We had controversy and grievances with officiating and penalties, to good old-fashioned rumors between who is getting traded and who is getting fired. But in the midst of all that, there was one theme that truly stood out to me, more so than the headlines on TV, radio, and on the internet. And that's the value of the franchise quarterback. The franchise quarterback is the man who is the face of the franchise. By virtue, he is a star because he has a dynamic skill set. He statistically is excellent for being accurate and efficient. He is a leader, but most importantly, he is a winner. In the month of October, we not only saw firsthand how important it is for teams to have a franchise quarterback, we saw three teams realize that they never really had one in the first place. Those teams are the Chicago Bears, Cleveland Browns, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These three teams finally got the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, about who Mitchell Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, and James Winston really is. The truth is, their dynamic skill set really isn't dynamic. Their statistical excellence is more like a nightmare. Their leadership really is nowhere to be seen. But most importantly, the record in the win column combined is zero in October. In this week's episode, I'm going to break down exactly why these so-called franchise quarterbacks are not living up to their expectations. Okay, so if you've been watching football, you know who these three quarterbacks are and how they've been playing god-awful football. Fans, analysts, and probably the teams themselves know exactly why Mitchell Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston are playing bad. Simply put, they they all suck. These quote-unquote stars have not been stars in the month of October. So, let's start with the first victim, Mitchell Trubisky. If you're a Chicago Bears fan, live in Chicago, or know someone who does, they'll tell you straight up, Trubisky is not the guy. Drafted number two overall in the 2017 draft, Trubisky was said to be a top dual threat quarterback. His draft comparison was between a Carson Wentz meets Matt Stafford. NFL analyst Mike Mayock at the time said he is a high-end quarterback prospect who possesses NFL size, a big arm, and the ability to throw with accuracy from the pocket. And for the most part, Trubisky was just that in his first two years. In his rookie season, he had a completion percentage of 59.4%. He threw for 2,193 yards, 7 touchdowns, and interceptions. In his second year, he took the Bears to the playoffs and improved his completion percentage to 66. His yards to 3,223, touchdowns to 24, and not to mention a total 420 rushing yards. But in 2019, it's a whole different story. Trubisky is a three-year vet now, and instead of improving his game, he's actually getting worse. Trubisky is in many ways regressing. His completion percentage is down. His yards are down. 
and his touchdown to interception ratio is only 5 to 3. Granted, Trubisky was injured and out for three weeks, but in the games against the Saints, Chargers, and recently the Eagles, Trubisky looked overwhelmed. Trubisky tends to overthrow too many balls to wide open wide receivers. He is uncomfortable in the pocket and does not read his progressions. As a result, he's getting sacked more and he's throwing too many turnovers. In the Saints game in week 7, he got booed for overthrowing balls. One play in particular stood out to me, and that was on a 3rd and 2 where Trubisky missed a wide open Anthony Miller with 6 seconds to go in the second quarter, down only 2 points. Fast forward to week 8 against the Chargers, Trubisky's performance was worse. He had 4 opportunities to lead his team to score in the red zone, and he failed. I know Eddie Pinero, the kicker, missed that field goal, but Trubisky threw an interception and coughed up a fumble on two separate drives, leading 16-10 in the fourth quarter. As a franchise quarterback, that's inexcusable. Bottom line, Mitchell Trubisky himself has lost his confidence. As the rumor mill hit this past week, there were speculations on his benching after the performance against the Eagles this past weekend. When push comes to shove, Trubisky is not a franchise quarterback. He does not even have the mindset to be a franchise quarterback. It was reported this week by ESPN that Trubisky is sensitive when it comes to sports media analysts criticizing his performance. He personally has requested all the TVs to be turned off or muted in the Bears training facilities. To me, that just proves Trubisky is not a franchise quarterback. He doesn't have the mindset. Forget about his poor performance, his accuracy, his turnovers. If the face of the franchise cannot take the heat, cannot take the blame or the criticism, then that man is not the face of the franchise. Okay, so now that I'm done roasting Trubisky, the next quarterback is a guy that I personally have some bias towards because I truly wanted him to be a Bronco. But when the Browns picked him number one overall last year, the NFL world was shocked and so was I. They were shocked at how Baker Mayfield not only got drafted number one overall, but how he performed in his rookie season. When Baker played his first game against the Jets in week three last year, the NFL world saw this kid's talent. In Baker's rookie season, he put up some crazy numbers. With a 63% completion percentage, 3,725 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions, Baker proved that he was the guy, and when this year's offseason came, GM John Dorsey traded for Odell Beckham Jr. The hype for Baker to play lights out football this year was a no-brainer. Baker and the Browns were a Super Bowl caliber team with high aspirations. Baker was predicted to be a MVP frontrunner. They personally were my preseason Super Bowl pick. But all that was hype because Baker and the Browns are not a Super Bowl caliber team. They're a 2-6 football team that recently lost to my Broncos, a team who hasn't had a franchise quarterback since Peyton Manning retired. Baker and the Browns lost to Denver, officially closing the door on their season this year. Most of that criticism is pointed towards Baker himself. The man simply is not a great quarterback. In the last three games, Baker has played inconsistent football. Against the Seahawks in week 6, Baker was mediocre. He threw 3 interceptions and one that ultimately cost him the game. 
Against the Patriots in Week 7, Baker was average. He threw one touchdown and one interception. But the last game, the last game against the Broncos this past week, Baker was below average. He had four opportunities, just like Trubisky in the red zone, to throw a touchdown, but Baker failed too. To sum up Baker's season this year, it pretty much comes down to one play, and that was the 4th and 4 decision to throw in the middle of the field instead of throwing deep on the sideline to a wide open and uncovered Odell Beckham Jr. It's a play that has been looped over and over this past weekend. How can Baker possibly overthrow his top wide receiver? Well, the reason why he overthrowed his top wide receiver is because Baker is not a franchise quarterback. When push comes to shove, a true franchise quarterback would have connected with his top weapon. A true franchise quarterback would have taken the lead in a game which they were easily favored to win. Instead, Baker missed that throw. That's a throw he's been missing this whole season. He hasn't been connecting with arguably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. That lack of decision making has shed a lot of doubt on Baker's mechanics. But there's another reason why Baker is not the face of the Browns franchise. Simply put, he's not a leader. This season, he's been a true diva with the media, being sarcastic with Browns reporters, being condescending during post-game interviews. I mean, last week he walked off in a live interview because he didn't like the reporters' questions. That's not leadership. Those are not qualities of a franchise quarterback. Despite this being Baker's second season in the NFL, I think the verdict is already out on this guy. As a number one overall pick, Baker proved a lot of doubters wrong in his rookie season. This year, Baker is proving all those doubters to be right. There are a lot of question marks, a lot of doubt, and practically little to no faith that Baker can turn things around, that Baker can turn this sinking ship that is the Browns into the battleship that everybody predicted. Okay, so now we're down to the last victim, the last roast, and that's Jameis Winston. Just like Baker himself, Jameis Winston was the first overall pick in the 2014 NFL Draft. A Florida State quarterback, Jameis was a big and highly competitive pocket passer who played in a pro-style offense and who arguably was the most NFL-ready of his class. The expectations were high, but it's been four years now, and everyone knows who Jameis Winston is. Everyone but the Buccaneers. The Winston project is simply not a success. The fact is, Winston's game is inconsistent. Sometimes he shows flashes of greatness where he looks like a top 10 franchise quarterback, and then he shows flashes of, oh my god, that was mediocre. And this year, there are two specific games where he showcases those two drastic differences. And those were the games against the Carolina Panthers in week six, where he had a career high, six turnovers, five interceptions, and one fumble. The other game was against the Los Angeles Rams, where he had four touchdowns and threw for 385 yards. Basically, that's Jameis Winston's career. He's a wild card that on any given Sunday, he can be a big boom or a big bust. That's not a franchise quarterback. That inconsistency to be hot and cold in a matter of one quarter proves that Winston has failed to live up to the expectations. Winston is in his last year of his contract. It's been four years now, and I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be renegotiating his contract. Look, I'm a diehard football fan, a diehard Denver Broncos football fan, and I know exactly how important it is for a team to have a franchise quarterback. 
Today, there are only eight franchise quarterbacks, in my opinion, that legitimately are the face of their franchise. That's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Add five more into that category. You have Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger, who are veteran franchise quarterbacks on their last run with their franchise. Imagine that. All those quarterbacks, that's half of the NFL. Half of the NFL does not have a franchise quarterback. A dynamic player that makes plays, wins games, and who is a leader both on and off the field. Many fans, analysts, and even front office executives thought that Trubisky, Mayfield, and Winston deserved to be in that category, deserved to be amongst those names. But now that October is over, these three combined are winless. I don't know about you, but that's a trait no franchise quarterback exhibits. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, please share it. You can find me live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and of course, my website, www.matstwocents.com. That's the number two. Until next week, guys, this is Matt signing off, and I'll see you guys soon.